Big O Tires is rolling out Black Friday deals now through December 8th. Get limited-time Black Friday savings on oil changes, brakes, car batteries, and more. You'll also save big on tires. How big? Buy three select tires, get one free with paid installation, including brands like Nitto and Cooper. Get four tires, but pay for only three. Right now at Big O Tires, during Black Friday deals only through December 8th. Interest-free financing available, too. For your nearest participating location, go to BigOtires.com. Big O Tires just outside of Liberty was the site of our Facebook Live discussion on the Chiefs that took place Thursday, November 7th. The big topic, what's Patrick Mahomes' status for Sunday's game at Tennessee? Herbie Teope, Sam McDowell, Sam Mellinger, and Vahe Gregorian weighed the pros and cons of Mahomes' possible availability. We covered plenty more topics, including the Chiefs' defense, the improved defense, and stick around for where the rubber meets the road segment where we project who might or needs to have a big game this weekend. Thanks to Beth Welsh for producing the Facebook Live and to Sportsbeat KC producer Leah Becerra for putting together today's podcast. We'll be back on Friday talking sports in Kansas City. Guys, I hold in my hand the injury report. Well, it's actually a blank sheet of paper, uh, but let's pretend it's the injury report from yesterday where it says um, Patrick Mahomes, full practice participant. That was some news, wasn't it? it, would, it so it's news that he practiced without uh, restriction yesterday, uh, but what does it mean? Does this mean he's going to play on Sunday at Tennessee Herbie? We'll probably find the answer to that on Friday for sure, but it, it, it's certainly pointing up. I, I, I think Mike Vrabel, Titans head coach Mike Vrabel said it best. He got some pretty good air on his post-game celebration after the Chiefs with the thrilling game-winning kick from Harrison Butker against the Vikings on Sunday. Like he got some pretty good air. So the celebration probably led us to believe, because we, we actually kind of mentioned that on Sunday. He looked very good moving around. And the fact that he put in a full practice, first time since he suffered an injury, is, is a very good sign. The Titans will see him, and the Titans, Mike Vrabel told us that they are preparing for Patrick Mahomes and not Matt Moore. Well, you kind of have to prepare for Mahomes anyway, because if you if you prepare for Mahomes and you get Matt Moore, you probably overprepare. <laughs> yeah, that is Shoot very for true. the stars and land on the cloud, right? <laughs> <laughs> Can we also like just step back just for a quick second, just think about like how ridiculous it is. Like he's watching film to see the celebration and how high he's jumping. That's a scout right like, there. They leave nothing unturned. So it's, it's yeah. like five coaches crowded around the screen. <laughs> like, Look at this. Yeah, he's playing. <laughs> Um, well, so, so Herbie, what else do we have to? You, you mentioned we, the Friday practice report is the most important one. But we get there are two more, right? There's a Thursday, there's today's, and Fridays. What what uh, would we need to see Mahomes as a full participant each day for him to, for us to think he's going to play on Sunday? Not necessarily, because I, I specifically asked Coach Reed on Monday, does he have to continue or does he have to put in a full practice? to play and Reed basically said no because he knows the scheme, he knows the players and so Mahomes is kind of like a plug and play quarterback for Andy Reid. And I don't think necessarily if he if he's limited Thursday, limited Friday, that's not necessarily a bad sign for Mahomes because the Chiefs do want to take it easy on him. You know, get him out there, see what he does on Wednesday. If you're satisfied with that, you you can afford to hold back with this guy because he knows the scheme. Look, if he's 
I think we can assume he's not going to be 100% the rest of the season. I mean, he's, he's probably going to need minor surgery on the knee after the season anyway if he doesn't get hurt, no matter when he starts playing. But it goes back to what we've been asking ourselves for the last couple of weeks. Do you, the way the division is un, unfolding, uh, the AFC West, is it wise to wait a little bit longer? And, and with the bye coming up the week after next, um, sh should the Chiefs entertain the idea of not playing him when he seems... 95% ready. I do feel like they should entertain the idea, but I also feel like it's so hard for us to know where the, the sort of the, the, the breakdown of this is. We sort of joked about this the other day, but when they talk about what the doctor might say to them, um, you know, they'll, they'll say they won't play Patrick unless they, unless they say Patrick's good to go. What we don't know is, do they say, well, if he waits another week, he would be better to go. Right. <laughs> you know I mean, we don't, we don't know that, and they're not going to include that. And and that's sort of left to guesswork. One of the numbers that was out there, and I, we may have discussed this after the game the other night, um, was the idea that if he had played under 21 days, right, that was gonna be 40 to 50% chance of, <laughs> of uh, re-injury then. Now, with the magic 21 he day thing. He wakes up thing, on day 21. Shazam, he's, all is cured. It's 10 to 15%. <laughs> and then, so part of the question is, if those numbers are accurate, and, and our resident, uh, Twitter medical degree guy, Sam, Sam McDowell. <laughs> Actually, I'm teased, but you made, the, you made a lot of calls on this, and I think you know this better than anybody, probably, at this, in this group. What's the difference between that 10 to 15% that we think it is now, and can it go down to 2% you know, in another week or two? So I, I'd rather see 2% if we knew the that. The percentages are one of the few things I didn't include that story for the specific reason is I talked to four or five guys and got four or five different answers on that. Um, so I'm it, glad we brought it up. Yeah. <laughs> Debunked it. But that's, I, I, I still kind of chuckled, though, when that report came out as far as for, oh, before 20 days, it's a, it's a major risk. But once day 21 comes, then, then you can just throw them out there. Because first, it depends on the severity of the injury, um, obviously. And then, you know, they're going to wrap it up tight as can be to try and basically preserve the kneecap in place to get it where it doesn't move. And the other thing I think that's in play here is how healthy is the other leg with the ankle? Because if you're favoring your, the injury on the knee side because your ankle is, is still hurting, um, to me that, that's a big factor in play that, that maybe is not being discussed as probably as much as it should be because you've got to have that, that leg healthy so you can favor it a little bit if needed. Yeah. To, to that ankle, though, if, if you notice with the injury reports, they no longer list the ankle as part of this injury. So once that happens, and you know he, he has to be pretty much healed there. Does anybody think that ankle was a factor in the quarterback sneak? No, I don't think so. I don't think it's possible to say, you know, one way or the other. I, I wouldn't think that it would be, but who it, knows. I, this whole thing about the knee is like, I feel like this whole situation is like begging for hot takes, right? Like, of like, you know, the Chiefs are being reckless or, you know, whatever. And I keep coming back to the fact that um, as much as we all know, like, what this guy means to the Chiefs, to Kansas, like, all that stuff, the Chiefs live this. And, and with this, and not just that, but the specific situation of he's got a two to $400 million contract, whatever it's gonna be, right after the season, just sitting there waiting for him. It is hard to imagine a situation where team and player are both more motivated and, and incentivized to be sure. You, you, you mentioned the division race, you know, they've got a little bit of a cushion. Um, they have every reason in the world to be cautious. It seems like they're not being cautious at all, but I keep going back to they have every reason to be cautious, so 
those doctors have to see something, you know? And, and I think you're right. It's a good point to bring up about he's not going to be 100% probably the rest of the year. Um, I don't think that's as important as if he, and you just said this, would he be better to go, um, right? Like if, if he's going to be making up numbers here, but 90% in Nashville, and then if you waited until Mexico City, he'd still be 90, and there's no elevated risk of re-injury, then what are we waiting for, you know? But if there is, then you got to wait. I, I just find it hard to believe that in this situation, either player or team is going to risk, or doctor, you know, given, how about being the doctor and saying, yeah, he can go, and then he screws up his knee on Sunday. Like, that's, that's yeah. not good for your career. Because the one thing about this is a re-injury of the knee, because it's a little bit um, more fragile now than it would be if he had had the surgery, it does make you a little bit more susceptible to other damage that would happen if you dislocated it a second time. It Are you talking like not, ACL? Yeah, it might not like just be the same injury. Um, now, if you had the same injury and that's it, then you just get the surgery and you're going to be back by training camp next year. Everything's fine. But the other ligaments in, in there, because of the way that the kneecap would be a little bit more susceptible to moving around, might be a little bit more at risk. Have you guys found it interesting that the Chiefs have never assigned a timetable for his return? They, they've done that for other injuries, but not for this one. You know, And as soon as it happened and we saw Mahomes walking off the field at Denver the the um, our opinion was shaped by that you know he's going to be back soon it was disaster and then you know 10 minutes later it was he's going to be back sooner than we all think but <laughs> the fact that the chiefs just have never assigned a timetable in fact Andy Reid yesterday ah timetables I hate timetables well, yeah I don't know what I, I don't know about timetables <laughs> um, but um, it's kept us all guessing and and having to do some reporting that you you know you depend on the team to provide right you know three to you know three to five weeks four to six weeks sort of thing, um, but in this case we just haven't had any sort of sign from the Chiefs that um, when he would be back if he would be back except for the injury report and what sort of practice reports we have I just I just found that kind of curious about the Chiefs yeah and and maybe it's because an injury to this particular player is they haven't had a player like this. And right. this is the first time a player like this has been injured. So, it's, that's all true officially and publicly. You know, I, I think there, there's leaks. You know, from whose camp or whatever. I mean, we've we've kind of been thinking that the Titans game was a soft target for a couple, couple of weeks, weeks now. I, I think that's right. But I, I do think you bring up a good point in in that um, I, I do think that they are particularly sensitive. That's probably not the right word. But um, what happened with Eric Berry? You know, he's day to day. And what happened with Justin Houston? Was that the year before? No, it was, uh, well, it was last, last couple was that of last, years. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, there's some history. There's some context where you don't want to say three weeks and then it's four or, you know, whatever. Or, or, <laughs> three or, weeks becomes 13. Yeah, <laughs> or even five weeks and then it becomes three and then you're accused of being reckless. Like, I, I just, you know, it's in their interest. It's always in their interest to not give information about injuries, right? But particularly now, now for that player, for sure. I, I feel like now that I think of it, now that you brought it up, I feel like they've been somewhat that way with almost everything this season. Like, for instance, Eric Fisher. I mean, yeah. he's going on six, seven weeks out now. I don't know what time frame they ever assigned to it, but this certainly seems much longer than, than I would have expected. Well, uh, just he, an example. Well, I mean, and to speak to Eric Fisher, he did come back to practice. Yeah. And, and uh, I think he's been, and Andy Reid's been asked a couple of different times, did, did Eric Fisher, you know, was there a setback with Eric Fisher? And, you know, 
Andy Reid didn't say yes, but the answer was yes, essentially. Yeah, well, sure. yeah we pulled yeah. back on him. Yep. Yeah. yep. So, um, yeah, so that, I think that's the, at least with Eric, in Eric Fisher's case, there, there has been a setback. And yep. we don't know. A couple of folks have asked us about, uh, about Eric Fisher. And, uh, hey, I, I didn't mention this at the top. Please send us your questions and comments. Uh, we'll get to them uh, as, as, as often as we can. Uh, Jeremy Barnes says he agrees with Sam. I don't know exactly what he agreed with you about, I'm sure and I don't know which Sam. I'm sure so. <laughs> <laughs> and Sam McDowell is certain that it's him. So. Jeremy's a smart guy. I'm sure. Something <laughs> Either way, yeah. Jeremy's on point here. <laughs> um, but uh, so yeah, we, we uh, Fisher is one that will continue to be out this week. But before, while we're still talking about quarterbacks, uh, and, and we're projecting what might happen Sunday at Tennessee. Let's at least acknowledge uh, Matt Moore and the job that he's done over the last couple of weeks. Moore, in playing two and a half games, has played more than any reserve quarterback for Andy Reid in the seven, you know, six plus seasons that Reid has coached the Chiefs. Um, so, you know, the, it was, it's only been you know one game for for Chase Daniel yeah. in, in a couple of years, and Nick Foles just one start, yeah. and Mahomes started the one the end of the you know the 2017 season. Matt Moore's had to go for. Uh, two and a half games, and did it without the advantage of training camp. You know, OTAs, all the stuff that the other guys had. You know, had Nick Foles didn't have a full training camp, but he was there for a few weeks right. of training camp and then a couple of preseason games. So, um, by you, you spent time with Matt Moore yesterday, or wrote and wrote about him today. I in today's star, um, I think. Kudos to, to Matt Moore. Absolutely, and I mean, I I think it's a little bit underappreciated. I mean, we see we do see. Um, other forces kind of rallying here, right? The defense has, has been better and better. Um, uh, I think it, the, uh, the, the guys that need to shine on offense have done that with him and for him, but um, look, just look at his numbers. But also I think in talking to a couple teammates yesterday, like Austin Ryder, he used the term that he has a, a sixth sense with the offensive line. His presence has been good. And that, that's hard to do when you just show up and late August, early September, and uh, by the way, you haven't played since 2017. Right. But I, I really credit the Chiefs for whatever it was they saw in him and, and you know, ultimately decided on Chad Henney, that they, they must have felt strongly about what he could bring, and so strongly that you know, a year and a half later, they decided he's the guy to go to right away. So that last drive also, I think, showed us a little microcosm of his his time, right? He gets swamped on the first play. Yeah. Probably needed to find a way to dump it, although he basically got the ball and got hit. Um, right. So now, you know, you're kind of thinking, well, that, that they're going to they're gonna stall and this is going to overtime. And, but big pass to Travis Kelsey, as you noted in one of our discussions, 17 yards there. And then um, a play that reflected a certain amount of chemistry with Tyreek Hill uh, coming across the middle. That was the pattern Tyreek was supposed to run, but they, understanding the situation, understanding the blitz, Tyreek sped up the pattern was the term Matt used, and, and uh, Matt anticipated that and threw it there, and then Tyreek made a big play, but that made that a 44-yard field goal instead of, you know, a 55-yarder or 50-yarder, and, and we know what happened after that. So I, I just think it, one of the thoughts I had was that his play has taken Mahomes' return to a matter of urgency instead of emergency, right? You know, I don't think... Yeah you should feel like, you know, the Chiefs are in dire straits because Matt Moore's gonna play at Tennessee Sunday if that becomes the case. I mean, I, and I think that's a lot different than people felt two weeks ago. 
That's some Andy Reid stuff too. Uh, yeah, you know, to, heck to yeah. scheme and, and get Absolutely. him comfortable. But um, it, the, the play calling and all that, the, the structure is Andy. But um, the thing about Matt Moore that I've been surprised at, and look, we've mentioned this a million times, but I think I was coaching high school football in August. And I think that the number one thing that he needed to show, especially in the Denver game, when he comes in cold, um, is just don't let the moment be too big for you. Don't let the moment be bigger than you. And, and he nailed that. He knocked that part of it out of the park. And then he lets basically Andy do the rest and, and set up some easy plays for him. And, and then I thought that um, in the Minnesota game, much more than the Green Bay game, in the Minnesota game, although they did miss some hot routes and protections and stuff, I thought the receivers helped him out a lot mm. in the Minnesota game. That, yeah. that was important as well. One quick quick aside. I asked Andy yesterday what, what, it would, what he thought it would take for a guy to just come in cold like he did and Andy's like, well, he was, you know, throwing with his kids at, at, at the high school. He was like, oh, okay. <laughs> but you know, so he's ready. It's, 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 but didn't Matt, like, when he signed, he was kind of like, no, I really wasn't throwing much at all. <laughs> you know, like, I mean, basically, I mean, like, the Chiefs are trying to build him up like he's ready, and Matt's like, no. He was more nope, catching. Nope, 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 nope. Yeah. <laughs> he was catching quarterback. He was yeah. catching footballs, not throwing yeah. them. Well, I thought this was a little new, new-ish yesterday. He said it in one form or another, but yesterday, Matt was more blunt about this. Like, yeah, my agent wasn't even really looking for a job. I mean, we just... I'd given up. He didn't say that, but he was not actively thinking he's, he's looking for an NFL job. Yeah. I mean, so, yeah. It's incredible. It's an incredible story. Kid. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's, a lot of times, like, a backup quarterback, and I'm getting way ahead of I'm not saying this is going to happen, but a lot of times a backup quarterback, if, if a team wins the Super Bowl, the backup quarterback's just kind of along for the ride. You know, Nick Foles, a notable exception, obviously, a few years ago with the Eagles. But Matt Moore will have earned whatever part of the Chiefs' success. Matt Moore will earn that and more. The no, play that no really stood out to me was, uh, well, first of all, Andy's comment yesterday, Moore had only been coaching this team for a week. Right. <laughs> so it's not like he was all summer throwing footballs around. He's with this catching game. passes from his quarterback <laughs> uh, for a week. But the, the play that you mentioned, is, I, I think, showed why Matt Moore has been better in this job than maybe should be expected out of the situation he was pulled into. And it's because it, it took a lot of smarts on, on the play. The, the, the play that sets up the field goal, he saw that blitz twice earlier and both times got sacked on it. One time he actually fumbled on yeah. it. And then he just said to himself before that play, and he said this post game, I know this is what they're going to do on this play. And he was ready for it. So he saw something, adjusted to it. And I think that yeah. shows maybe why not having played football in almost two years, eight weeks into an Andy Reid playbook, which we all know is more complicated than the typical playbook, he was still able to go in there and, and, and be more serviceable than I think a lot of us thought. Yeah. And Tyreek was ready for it, too. They had a yeah. communication yeah. there or, or a, you know, a nonverbal communication. That's that a good point because that's what we thought <clears throat> might be that sort of the, the thing that you can't really get from practice yeah. and reading the playbook is the chemistry with the receivers. So that, that's a good point. And to Vahe's point, yes, to, to turn a, you know, a 51-yard field goal into a 44-yard field goal, and the 44-yard field goal was blocked. Yeah. Or had, yeah. you know, yeah. I got a hand on it. Yeah, needed it. Uh, Hunter got a hand on that ball. That, I don't think that, that ball goes from 51. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. They said they looked at the film, uh, and the guy got just his tip of his middle finger. They said you could see it like in slow-mo, just bend backwards. And, and he did say after the game he got it, but um, it certainly knuckled in such a strange way that he thought something happened on that. It's surprising that you've got a, enough power to still get a 44-yard field goal, no matter how slight the touch is, to still get that yeah. in. Yeah. I mean, game of inches is such a cliche, you know? Yeah. But, I mean, just like one-sixteenth yeah. of an inch more, and, yeah, yeah. And, and that thing is probably short.
Jeremy, Jerry Barnes, by the way, got back to us. Uh, he said he was actually referring to something I had said. Uh, that was correct. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> not true. It was uh, Sam Mellinger on your point on the Jeremy. Mahomes. <laughs> Did not Thanks like for that. Getting back. <laughs> Thanks for getting back. Um, <laughs> Don't like that guy as much as I thought I did. <laughs> um, so, uh, Mahomes probably against the Titans. We'll see. We'll wait for the uh, practice reports to come out the next couple of days. And, and the Andy Reid press conference Friday is probably going to be important there, too. Even though <clears throat> Reid had every opportunity to rule out Mahomes each of the last two weeks, he wouldn't do it at the – he wouldn't say Mahomes is not going to play uh, when he has his end of the – his last meeting with the reporters, which is Friday about 1 o'clock our time. What do you think he'll – is, is it in his best interest, Herbie, to continue to play that sort of deceptive game? It's, a, it's In the NFL, it's all about the competitive advantage, as they like to say. I, it would not surprise me one bit on Friday, because that question is going to be asked point blank. Is, is Mahomes playing Sunday? It would not surprise me if, if Reed responds with, we'll get that to you. Which means you're going we'll to have to wait. keep you abreast, yeah, like we, you said yesterday. Yeah. We'll have to wait for another two hours after his, his presser on Friday to find out whether Mahomes is playing. But that's... That it will not surprise me one bit. Because last Friday we were a little surprised. It's like, it wasn't just Mahomes, it was the entire injury report. He, he, would not, <laughs> he would not officially rule anyone out, which is almost unlike him because he, he's very, yeah. Reed is very transparent when it comes to injuries and who's out. So when he did that last Friday, like, this is all about Mahomes. To, right. to, to me, you know, Herbie asked, I thought, Probably the best question I think Andy Reid's been asked during this, which is, do you need to see the full practice for him to play? And he said no. But right. then, so I, I kind of went into this week thinking, we can't read too much into it if he's only limited. But now that he practiced in full yesterday, considering one of the elements of this is to see how the knee responds to a higher workload, now I do think that getting in a full practice today and Friday is a little bit more important than maybe I, I thought before he, before he got in a full practice yesterday. Here, here's something that, that really that was lost in that discussion with Reed when he, when he addressed my question on that, when he basically said, this is how we've been preparing him. Like last week, if something were to happen, even though he were limited, they would have been comfortable putting him out there, mm. which <laughs> the signs are all pointing. Right, right. Rally the banners. Mahomes might be coming back. Well, no matter who plays a quarterback on Sunday for the Chiefs, they're bringing an improved defense to, huh. to Tennessee. Um, it's really been amazing uh, from first six games versus the last three games. Now, look, he, Packers are part of that last three games, and uh, Aaron Jones had a field day you know, uh, but with 160 yards receiving, 220 or so total yards. But I... I thought the, the Chiefs played okay defense against the Packers. They were excellent against the Broncos and really good against the Minnesota Vikings. What has changed about this defense, Herbie? There are a lot of things. I think they've stepped up against the run. By shutting down Dalvin Cook last week, I, look, I, full disclosure, in the press box, in the press box I said, over, under on Dalvin Cook, I'm going to put it 260 yards. And of course, my, my esteemed colleagues here started chuckling, and Sam... Here's, hey, he only needs 200 more yards to get there <laughs> the whole game. But look, that was pretty impressive. When you shut down a guy like Dalvin Cook, who entered the contest averaging 102.1 yards rushing per game, and they held him to 71 yards, that's impressive. And also their ability to get after the quarterback. They have 15 sacks and 25 quarterback hits over the last three games. So when you combine all that, and I know Steve Spagnuolo, the defensive coordinator, had told us from the very beginning, Look, I can't say what this defense is until 
as the season progressed. You know, he might not know what he has until week 16, week 17, but I think we're starting to see that gel. And I know you wrote a, 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 a well, you have a column coming on Sunday, and Sam here wrote a piece yesterday on how this defense has been improving, and I think they're all right. It's been uh, also in the Minnesota game, the Vikings punted eight times and had six three and outs. And we just hadn't seen that. Yeah. Uh, from What we have seen earlier this season was 99 rushing yards from, uh, from Josh Jacobs, 103 from Melvin Ingram, 125 from Carrion Johnson, the, 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 uh, the Tigers, <laughs> the Lions, uh, 132 from Marlon Mack, 116 from Carlos Hyde. So um, since then, since then, um, 71 yards combined from Philip Lindsay and Royce Freeman, 67 rushing from Aaron Jones, but he did have the great uh, uh, game in, the, in the receiving. And then, as you said, 71 from, from De Delvin Mack, um, uh, Cook. But, but I think one thing that's changed, Herbie, is um, I thought that the Chiefs got, their linebackers got burned yes. by the Packers, and they, they changed that, they fixed that against the Vikings. Yeah, not only that, they, they settled on a core linebacker group. I mean, now you've got Hitchens, uh, Damian Wilson, as well as Reggie Ragland. Whereas before, we were always wondering, like me specifically, when I first got, when I returned to Kansas City in week four, I was like, why isn't Ragland out there? You know, he was seeing limited snaps on defense, contributing mostly on special teams, but now they have that core group. And Spagnola told us last week, I'm comfortable with this group. And, and they showed out against Dalvin Cook. I thought they did a really, really good job, which they're going to have to carry that over also this week. You, you got a guy over there in Tennessee, uh, Derrick Henry, you know, King Henry himself. That he's he's, uh, he's going to be a challenge too. Depending on how far into the weeds you want to get with this too, you can see like not just improvement in, in numbers and all those things, but you can see Spagnolo you know, sort, sort of make adjustments in real time. And, yeah, and the most sure. obvious one, I think, was after what happened with Aaron Jones. Yeah. And then there were times where, where Dalvin Cook splits out wide and Charveris Ward, or, you know, the, yeah. the boundary corner stays on it's that always guy. always a corner, yeah. And it was, it was, that was a clear indication. They, they also, Tano Passanio's lined up at nose tackle now sometimes, uh, which is just, from a guy that really wasn't in the plans <laughs> a yeah. couple of years ago, um, you know, and, and now being a real part of keeping this thing going with Frank Clark out and before last week, Chris Jones out. I mean, there's just some real tangible, you know, foundational pieces. Like, they're 11th in DVOA now. I mean, it, there's just, I'm not saying it's fixed, that it's a dominant defense or anything, but it's, um, it's moments, too. You know, like, I always say, like, I root for myself, I don't root for the team, right? Um, but... <laughs> For those of us that have been saying that the defense was getting better, that three and out on the Vikings' last possession was important for us. Yeah. <laughs> you know, for us, for yeah. us to not like have to eat those words. That, that, was a hell, that was a hell of a moment. They're getting a lot of production also and a lot of playing time out of the guys that are rotating inside. Just guys they just yeah. recently signed off the street. Mike Pinnell yep. has played a lot the last yep. two games. Joey Ivey, a player they activated from the practice squad, yep. saw 20-plus snaps against the Vikings. So the way that they're rotating the people in and the ability to kick Chris Jones from interior to outside, they've done a pretty good job. Yep. Had without a all, without all their guys. I mean, yeah, without but, all their guys. Yes. Like, Frank the, Clark's been out two weeks. Chris Jones missed, what, three weeks? Mm -hmm. um, and Kendall Fuller's been out a couple weeks. And the, it's trending in the right direction, it seems like, for Fuller and um, and Frank Clark. But but still, I, I to me, it comes back to what Sam said, the fact that so many times over the last two years, I thought you looked at this defense and said, they're doing the same thing that they got beat last week. Yeah. They're doing the same thing they got beat two weeks ago. And, and you saw some adjustments, and I thought the Aaron Jones one 
from Aaron Jones to Dalvin Cook was was the most obvious one. But Chris Jones playing on the outside when you've got guys injured. I mean, he had a couple of huge plays playing defensive end on that last drive that Sam mentions. He's playing defensive tackle, but even so, he's moving from the left to right side. It's just it makes them a lot harder to game plan against now. They're also helping um, so much more. That I've talked about the safeties a lot, but. Um, those those two guys are just so much better than what they've had before, but they're also using them in different ways than they were. And maybe that's an unfair comparison, Juan Thornhill to Ron Parker, right? But um, the, the support that those corners are given of, of they know that um, they've got so they've they've got help um, on the inside, so they're going to play the guy on the outside. You know, I mean, there's just little things like that that are just it's it's starting to snowball in a good way. I think, like, when you talk about the adjustments, over the past couple of seasons, what's been the biggest knock on the Chiefs defense, specifically Bob Sutton? The inability to make in-game adjustments, whereas we're seeing now with Spagnuolo, he does make those adjustments. So if you're a Chiefs fan, you have to be loving the way this defense has been trending over the last month because you are seeing the adjustments. Okay, David Van Zandt wants to know if uh, Laurent Duvernay-Tardif will play this week. He was, again, referring to the injury report. Was he limited yes. on Wednesday? Yeah. Yes. Pretty decent sign. We know what the trend is with the Chiefs. They'll, you know, if, if you've missed a couple games and you're limited one week, you're usually about a week away from from playing. So I, I, I don't know. That's a, my way of saying I don't know if LTD is going to play this week. But he he was out of practice last week. Correct. Right. So I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't play this week. And we saw him on the in Mexico City the following week. We'll get that to you. <laughs> and, uh, and Brian LaBerge wants to know if there's any news on the Frank Clark injury. It's, that's the mysterious injury of the season, well, isn't it? Herbie asked about it yesterday. Yeah, you asked specifically about Frank Clark. Yeah, and the good news is he did hit the practice field yesterday, and I thought what's also good is he was in the locker room. Of course, we can't talk to him in the locker room, but <laughs> when players are starting to come into the locker room, that's a good sign that they are getting close to returning. Andy Reid specifically said it's not a season and an injury, and I know Chiefs fans hate this designation, but Clark is day-to-day, and we'll just take it from there. This is mostly, admittedly, this is mostly speculation, but it's a little bit of informed speculation. I think that what they're doing with Frank may be that they've seen that he's not Frank Clark, you know, and, and, and that he's dealing with something, he's trying to play through it. I, I have a strong suspicion that they, you know, kind of thought, the way we've been talking about Mahomes, that you've got a two-game lead and all this stuff, um, that they might thought, you know, look, <laughs> Let's, let's sit you a couple weeks um, and get you 100% because we're going to need you at or close to 100 in January. So instead of just trying to grind through this thing and you're limping into the playoffs, like let's get you refreshed a little bit. I, I just I wonder if that's, you know what I mean, like kind of if, if it was a playoff game last week, he'd play kind of thing. But let's, let's get you freshened up to, for the playoffs. I just I think that's what they're doing there. The oddity of his injury is it came after his best game of the year in yeah. Denver. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. But he had two sacks in that game, and he made it through that game clean. So maybe that lends, he played against the run really well that night. Yeah, too. maybe that lends credibility to the fact that they wanted him to to be 100%, like yep. you mentioned, because there was nothing in that game that was glaring that he had any sort of injury. Yeah, yeah and, and Reed actually specifically addressed that. Cause I remember um, that week that that question was actually posed to him: Did he get hurt in the Denver game? He said, No, he came out okay. Yep. <laughs> All right. All right. We've reached that point where, uh, which I, I, up until last week, I'd always look forward to where the rubber meets the road. Oh, boy. <laughs> and then last week happened, and I wish we had the uh, ability to replay certain answers uh, to this, but uh, <laughs> there was just a, this haunting moment last week where part of our 
uh, one of the questions was, what's your favorite Halloween candy? Oh, goodness yeah. gracious. And, uh, and no, it was, uh, it was a moment that was really regrettable. It was regrettable. Our, our apologies. Yeah. My Twitter followers agree. Candy corn rocks. It's like one person, one sick person. What was amazing was how quickly you were denounced <laughs> by all four of us, yeah. and it was spontaneous. That wasn't rehearsed. It wasn't, it, no. It, Unlike <laughs> most of the stuff we do. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, but we're going to continue with Where the Rubber Meets the Road. It didn't kill the segment. Um, we're coming back with it. But, uh, one, one quick thing. Hold sponsor. This candy corn pick overshadows uh, McCole Hardman. <laughs> like, yeah. Maybe the worst game of anybody. Equally bad pick. But, but at he, least he played. He played 11 yeah, snaps. At least he, he played. He had 11 snaps on offense. <laughs> And I love these guys. And hey, I, there's nothing but love here, people. Dalvin Cook, you had a hell of a week. <laughs> 260 yards. All right. So this is this will be also subtitled the the week where Herbie gets to redeem himself. Let's start with him. Yeah, we are. We're going to start with Herbie. Uh, we, we're uh, where the rubber meets the road. We're going to pick a player um, that uh, we think will perform well or needs to perform well in Sunday's game. We'll just leave it at that this week. No secondary questions. Which uh, which exposed us to a lot of ridicule. You're gonna save the, th the th favorite Thanksgiving dish for another two weeks. We, we will, or or a movie that you you're ashamed that you haven't seen yet, which was the free yeah. game. Not yeah. ashamed. That's right. Maybe we'll ask that one specifically of Sam McDowell. But Herbie, we'll start with you. Uh, rubber meets the road. Who's gonna play well? Who needs to play well for the Chiefs? This I'm week? gonna say it's gonna be Chris Jones for a couple of reasons here. The Titans made the switch from Marcus Mariota to. Ryan Tannehill, and there's a huge difference there when you think about those two quarterbacks. One of them is very mobile, the other one is kind of like a traditional pocket passer. Tannehill, since taking over as the starting quarterback, has been sacked nine times, been hit 16 times over the last three games. Jones and that pass rush should be able to tee off against the Titans. Okay. Sam McDowell? Uh, I'm going to go with Damian Williams. I, I think that he did a lot last week to, uh, was that yours? <laughs> it can okay. still be. That's not a good sign. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we were in cahoots. We both are the only two who picked the Chiefs to win last week. I'm gonna I'm gonna defer the rest of my time to to buy. <laughs> All right, buy. Finish the sentiment here, um, Damien Williams. I, I'll still okay. I will go with Damien Williams. Um, I tell you what, I, 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 I know that we, we come out of that. I think Sam McDowell wrote about this the other day that we, we should look at uh, Damian and LaShawn McCoy as, you know, 50-50 or splitting the carries. But, but I think that Damian Williams has earned a certain favor at this point uh, in reliability and obviously showed a little burst. I mean, when the only guy that can overtake you is Tyreek Hill, you're, you're doing all right. <laughs> yeah. So I, 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 like, I like him in this game. And I, I think if Patrick is back... Um, I think there'll be a little more emphasis on the run than usual. Maybe that'd be my first thought, or conservative passing, and I, I, I think that'll factor in for him. Jarrell Casey's also banged up for the Titans, and he's the guy you worry about in the run game. So um, I'm sure that's why you also picked, uh, picked him. I just rely completely on my gut feeling, Sam. <laughs> so. All right, Melly. Uh, I'm going to use Reggie Ragland as a placeholder for the run defense. Okay. Um, I, you know. Look, we've talked about what they did against Dalvin Cook, but let's not pretend that, you know, the Chiefs' run defense is just completely fixed and there's not a leak to be seen, right? Um, I, I think it's important to back up. Like, how, how often do we hear that, you know, you got to stack 
performances. And against Derrick Henry, um, who has the capability to destroy a defense, you know, almost single-handedly, I think it's going to be important for the Chiefs to stop that guy. He did here two, two years ago. Yeah, I was going to mention that. I'm, I'm going to say Derek Naughty. I think Derek Naughty's played yep. really well the yeah, last couple weeks one. and plug in the middle, and, and it's going to be so important against Derek Henry. We, we, we can't, mention, can't mention it enough. Um, you know, one thing I was going to talk to you guys about was uh, Sam and Vahe, you've covered the Chiefs throughout the Andy Reid era, and Herbie, you were here for the beginning of it. And, and Sam, you've been on it now for, for a while, and I've been in for a few years. I think of teams that have haunted the Chiefs in that time, and you know, certainly the, the the Steelers have been one of those. But then Mahomes goes to Pittsburgh last year and throws six touchdown passes. It's almost like they broke the Pittsburgh curse. Yeah. And of course, the Patriots. Of course, they've beaten him in the playoffs twice. But Andy Reid's had a couple of great games against the Patriots. The Tennessee Titans yes. is one team that have Ugh. just kind of befuddled. And Andy Reid Chiefs, he beat him the first year on that ni- part of that 9-0 run. The Chad Hall game it was in Nashville, <laughs> right? Yep. Um, but, but then the next year, they opened the season with the Titans, and it was a disaster. That was who, who, got, who was lost to ACLs? That, uh, uh, that was or, DeVito or, and DeVito. It was Achilles. DeVito and Derrick Johnson. Johnson. It was yeah. DeVito and Derrick Johnson. two players yep. to Achilles injuries. Yep. Yep. And then the, <laughs> the regular season game in Kansas City a couple years later where uh, it was freezing cold and Ryan Suckup yeah. kicking for the Titans – yeah. You know, fall short on a on a field goal, but Andy called a timeout to give him a second second chance, and he hits the field goal to beat the Chiefs. And then the playoff loss, what a gut wrenching playoff loss for the Chiefs. Speaking of Derrick Henry, rushed for about 160 that game. So for whatever reason, the Titans. Is there something about the way the Titans play their identity that hurts the Chiefs? Well, I do think the run. You know, I mean, that, that it's was... It's different coaches. Yeah. I mean, it's been different coaches. They also called a really nice play in that playoff game where they had Mariota throw a touchdown. <laughs> <in themselves. laughs> that, was, that, was, that was a brilliant scheme up there. Uh, but, I mean, Derrick Henry, uh, I mean, that just exposed everything. That exposed the run defense. That exposed Bob Sutton. That exposed, you know, did, was that the game they had, like, Steve Nelson was lined up as a D end on, on one of the play. It, it was some like defensive back. I can't remember if it was Steve Nelson or somebody else. Uh, and then Derek Henry's like, well, okay. And just, you know, goes down and, you know, squeeze out the clock. I Man, I think it's a lot of things. But yeah, I mean, it's a good point. I mean, it would be nice for, the, you know, just sort of a, not that they need confidence. I think it's a really confident group. But um, there would be a little bit of a statement that I think what sounds like, Many thousands of Chiefs fans who will be in Nashville on Sunday would would love to see. Yeah, I said for all the Vikings fans and Packers fans who are at Arrowhead the next. Maybe that's a thing in the NFL now. You don't go to the home games; you sell your tickets. So yeah. you go, you go buy, on the road, buy passage for the for the road yeah. games. And, yeah. and I bet there'll be a ton of red in the yeah. stadium on Sunday. Yeah, there was the last time. I, I remember that it was a little bit of a funky schedule because like Mizzou was playing Vanderbilt the night before the right. Chiefs play. So there was a ton of. People from Kansas City, but uh, I mean, it's a, it's a great road trip. <laughs> What'd you say? Added a couple dozen fans. <laughs> it was a lot. I, I remember <laughs> that flight. It was Mizzou time, is it not? <laughs> that flight was packed full of Mizzou fans. Yeah. I talked to a young Mizzou student on the flight out there. It was fun. Good talk. <laughs> Good talk, guys. <laughs> and on that dynamic note, <laughs> we're, we're, we're going to call it a show. <laughs> Hey, it's Blair. Hey, we have a special subscription offer for Sportsbeat KC listeners. Unlimited digital access to the Kansas City Stars award-winning sports coverage. Sign up now for one year of Sports Pass for access to all the sports news, features, and columns we have to offer. And it's only $30. That's a 40% savings off our regular rate. For your convenience, 
your subscription will automatically renew after the initial term at 50 bucks, unless you tell us to cancel. A lot of subscription services won't tell you that. They'll just sneak it on there. We just told you. Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star. Please visit KansasCity.com slash offer to get this special offer. And as always, thanks for listening.